0: Occult Confessions is brought to you commercial-free by the generous support of our patrons. Visit occultconfessions.com and press donate to help keep the history of the occult on the digital airwaves.
1: Panic struck the Tokyo subway on the 20th of March 1995. Men boarded subway cars with plastic bags and umbrellas, removed the newspaper covering the bags, and punctured them with the sharp tips of the umbrellas releasing sarin gas a biological weapon first developed by the Nazis during World War II, and they released this into the underground. Eight of 11 bags were broken open and leaked 159 ounces of liquid sarin onto the cars as they hurtled through the subway system. Twelve people were killed. 1,039 were injured, and 4,460 went to the hospital reporting symptoms of exposure. The men who released the gas were members of Aum Shinrikyo, a religious organization founded by Shoko Asahara in 1987, and they were hoping to spark an Armageddon, namely, war between Japan and the United States, according to their guru's designs. My name is Dr. Robert C. Thompson, joined this day by our metallurgic prophet, Brie Literal. Hey guys. And Brie, you are somewhat of a, a closet expert on a- Aum Shinrikyo, yes?
0: Yes, I am. In fact, I wrote two whole papers about them for you in your class.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. You, you've been begging to be on this episode for years. <laughs> I, you don't
0: understand my fascination, disgust, and complete interest in this cult. Like it's, it's wild.
1: And the Naked Truth, uh, Nikki Double H, Nikki Hiller Henderson, uh, back with Brie again. What's up, Nikki? Hello, hello. How are things?
2: You know what? They're going.
1: They're going, yeah. yeah you're, you're going through some stuff, but that's. But we're here to talk about Japanese cults, so...
2: <laughs> I've actually heard of this one. I thought I hadn't.
1: All right. But the I sarin have. gas attack. Yes. It was a little bit before your time, right? Or no, it was around your when you were born.
2: Well, I mean, that's not when I heard of it, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you pop out of the vagina and somebody's like, hey, kid, there was an attack in a Tokyo subway. Just wanted you to know. Welcome to the world. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but right, you, were, you would have been, were you alive yet? What, what year were you born?
2: 97.
1: Oh, yeah. We still had two years. So, yeah, it was—it was it was two years before you were born. But they were still kicking around in 97.
0: They're actually still technically, I'm pretty sure, at least a few years ago around
1: technically we're gonna have to disguise our addresses then because these people are serious
0: i mean my
2: name is not nikki Uh, (laughs) my name
0: is brie literal come get me
2: (laughs) wow two very different approaches there
0: i don't think they do they're not into the same stuff because they don't have a good old uh i don't even want to call him by his cult name rob i don't think he deserves that because he's kind of like Excuse my French, an asswipe of a human being.
1: You mean Um, Shoko Asahara. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: His name is actually Chizuwa Matsumoto, which Mm -hmm. is a much less cool name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... So anyway, they don't have him anymore. But so you don't think they're they're not sending anthrax in the mail or anything?
0: No, I don't think they do that stuff anymore. Uh, just like that other cult that still exists um, that doesn't do anything <laughs> Which anymore. Which one? I can't there think of the so name. Many. It was like a big one that they're still like splinter oh, cells off of the. still so like... many. Oh, Children of God, like oh, that. But they don't or do the
1: unification church. church. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really, they don't do the the weird sex stuff anymore. The Children of God
0: no 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 I don't think they do I think uh they wouldn't exist if they still did that
1: well uh, the, I mean the there really was weird this stuff.
0: kind of like
2: sanitation of their history and like their, their rules where they like they made new rules if it's what I'm thinking of they made new rules and then they sent out in like a secret letter like a letter that's basically like uh, JK just like we can't say we do this anymore cool cool
1: <sighs> I mean, the sex among consenting adults is fine it's when the you know Kids got involved. That's that's when it yeah, got that's really what
2: they were talking about.
1: pretty awful. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about them today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess pl- we don't ever talk about
1: them. <laughs> let's 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 go ahead and pledge it out and talk about Japan. We the members, we the members of,
0: the of the secret, secret order, order of, of alchemical, alchemical actors, actors, actors
1: do solemnly, actors solemnly commit ourselves to a full and honest, honest telling of the history of the history of occult of as far as we know, as it. We know it. Fantastic. All right, here we go, to Japan. And Brie, you, you you know some of these pronunciations, it feels like, yeah?
0: Oh, I do, yeah. A few that's, of them. Uh, that's pretty good. A few good. of them. <laughs> that, that gives
1: me peace. <laughs> well, you can help me out, and if, if neither of us know, then we'll just do the best we can. Yeah. On the 6th of August, 1946, moving back a few decades, the United States, with the consent of the United Kingdom, detonated a nuclear weapon over the Japanese city of Hiroshima. Three days later, they detonated a second nuclear weapon over the city of Nagasaki. The bombings killed between 100,000 and 230,000 civilians, and had long-term consequences for public and environmental health for decades afterward. After an extensive bombing campaign in anticipation of the mainland invasion of Japan, The Allies had given the Japanese the opportunity to end the war, but the Japanese would not surrender. And so, on the 15th of August, just six days after the bombing of Nagasaki, the Japanese finally gave up and surrendered to the Allied powers. The day before, the Japanese Emperor Hirohito had broadcast his capitulation announcement over the radio. He said, The enemy has begun to employ a new and most cruel bomb, the power of which to do damage is indeed incalculable, taking the toll of many innocent lives. Should we continue to fight, not only would it result in an ultimate collapse and obliteration of the Japanese nation, but also it would lead to the total extinction of human civilization. The invention, yeah, how about that? That's heavy. Yeah, Hirohito didn't mess around. The invention of the atomic bomb was one of the most significant and cataclysmic scientific and cultural events of the 20th century and arguably human history writ large. Images of total annihilation loomed in our collective imagination for the first time across the globe, but they were particularly vivid for the Japanese. Visions of doomsday entered Japan's psyche through the direct experience with bombs that leveled whole cities. Another bomb was being prepared for use on the 19th of August with six more in production for the fall. As Hirohito suggested, the Japanese were facing total destruction in a way no culture or civilization had ever seen before. This was the background for pop culture exports like Godzilla, as well as the crop of new religious movements that swept through Japan after the war. During the occupation of Japan following World War II, Shinto was removed as the country's state religion, and Christian missionaries flooded the islands, opening up a new era of religious colonization and exploration. The rise of new religious movements, coupled with Japan's intimate experience of doomsday, formed the background for the Aum Shinrikyo movement. There we go. That's our setup. Any, any thoughts on, on...
0: (laughs) One of the things that, like, gets me about this is that if, if this all hadn't happened and the emperor wasn't forced to be like, sorry, guys, I am not God. He literally had to announce, I am not God. Everybody was like, oh, well, it's time to, to get some new religions after all this. And (laughs) that's the whole reason that people like, uh, this idiot and who got God? into power and there was another group that he actually mirrored his stuff after that was a much more innocent cult still a cult basically um that was formed too there was a bunch of these groups it's really interesting to actually like read into like the more prominent ones that showed up
1: so from your perspective the cult leaders in japan were sort of subbing in for the loss of the shinto emperor
0: yeah so since there wasn't like the the Mandated like the state regulated Shinto or whatever. It was, there's like a terminology for it, um, being that the emperor is God. Um, it kind of led this gap for a bunch of people to come flooding into and to manipulate people that were looking for something to believe in because they didn't no, have anything anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean historically, Japan, like you know, back in ancient times, that this was the the tradition that the mm-hmm. emperor, you know, that, that it was Shinto was the state religion. During the Shogunate, it sort of fell apart, like in the medieval period. But then they reinstated it, mm-hmm. I believe, in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. So it actually wasn't that long that Shinto was the state religion of Japan, like when it came back, like a hundred years or so, I think, before yeah. World War II. Um. So, FYI, a little Japanese history there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's get to uh, Bree's favorite person, the guru.
0: I hope you tell my favorite story about him growing
1: up. <laughs> I probably will, but if I don't, you can feel free to add it. Oh, okay. So, uh, his cult name was, or cult leader name was Shoko Asahara, uh, but he was born, uh, you said this pretty well, Bree, Chitsuo Matsumoto?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... You said it the first day better than I could, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you're probably more correct than I am. I've heard it as like Chizua.
1: Oh, you might be right. You might be right. I, I like to watch Japanese TV, but it's I often dubbed over, so
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh see, I only watch the actual like original languages. I don't like dubbing.
1: <laughs> what you with the the subtitles?
0: Yeah, but I usually watch a lot of Korean stuff, so uh, my also familiarity good. with Japanese pronunciation might not be as
1: Korean stuff is wildly violent. Um but it's... But
0: really good a lot of it
1: it it really can be the movies can be good Mm
0: -hmm.
1: anyhow uh, he was born (laughs) Matsumoto was born in 1955 blind in one eye with partial sight in the other his older and younger brother were both fully blind and his parents sent him to a school for the blind even though his partial sight would have qualified him for regular school he was manipulative and bullying as a child he took advantage of the other children because he was the one who could see yeah, In a school oh, yeah. for the blind, having partial oh, that's sight, awful. Yeah, that, that makes you king. Um, it does. <laughs> for good or ill. At school, he received good grades and a black belt in judo, but never managed to win election for class president despite running many times. I love that we have all this information. I'm sorry, <laughs> when,
0: you, when
2: you say black belt in judo, all I can imagine is like, but like with his
0: class for the school for the blind...
1: Well, yeah, you'd be. I guess you'd be <laughs> and he's right. Just, yeah,
0: like, kicking you don't butt. understand how <laughs> yeah. ridiculous this gets in like the stories of like him being the one person who could kind of see in this oh school. My she's <laughs> just like kicking everyone's butts. It's not fair.
1: What else do you know about his school days, Bria? So, that's about all I have to say.
0: Well, one of my favorite stories has to do with him being like a manipulator, and because he was the only one who could like see. Uh, so, and this kind of really was able to kickstart his ability to be this, this, uh, hyper bully manipulating force. And he like learned, okay, this is how far I can push people to get what I want because they rely on me. If they rely Mm -hmm. on me, I I can get what I want out of it. And so what he would do is since he was the only one who could, who could even see, uh, the kids would need to go into like a uh, town or whatever to like get stuff and he would offer to walk them walk them into town for like shoes or you know a haircut or whatever. And then they would get there, they would do what they needed to do and the kid would be like, Alright, let's go back and he'd be like, You can pay me and then we can go back otherwise I'm gonna leave you here. And so they would be forced to pay him to walk him back. And I think part of the reason he probably never got class president, even though he wanted to be prime minister. Fun fact: Yes, uh, that's true. Was because everybody was afraid of him, right? Like nobody liked the kid. Yeah, you're not going to vote for
1: that guy. Although sometimes in the United States we vote for people who are kind of like the class bully, don't we?
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's true but i guess in a school of the blind when everybody it's else is being so manipulated and bullied by the one individual who's running like you're not gonna vote for him right you're yeah. not gonna give him more power this yeah. guy
2: he takes your lunch money and he kicks your butt in judo and you can't see him coming he just sucks <laughs> all around. if you can't pay him
0: to take you back he leaves you there <laughs> Like oh my,
1: God. <laughs> my goodness Mm-hmm. At the age of 20, he became a masseuse, which was a common occupation for the blind in Japan and an acupuncturist in Kumamoto. Uh, so that, that makes sense. He'd be a masseuse. Mm-hmm. He moved to Tokyo and met and married. So uh, let me just reflect on that for a second. I don't want to pick on blind people, but like if, if, there are a couple of advantages, right? So theoretically, you know, you don't need to see to be able to give a good massage. But also, you know, like people are naked. I don't think the Jap- yeah. I don't think the Japanese care about that. Uh, the, the they have the baths. Maybe like I know yeah. Korea. They have the baths. But
0: see, I always thought about it. I was like, since that's such like a spiritual culture, I always thought that if you're blind, it kind of puts you in a more sensory place. So like you can feel for things more. That's also why a lot oh, of acupuncturists yeah. are blind there too. Yeah, it what? makes sense. Yeah that's like a like you're i don't know more in tune to the, your senses so you understand other people's senses better i think is uh, the assumption
1: the, through through feel yeah and touch.
2: okay i yeah. mean that still scares me a little though.
0: that's terrifying i can't imagine somebody putting a bunch of needles in my body while they're blind but
2: i mean if they could see i wouldn't let them
0: same them. same <laughs> but no i agree with so you it's nikki like extra... <laughs> i was like <laughs> i agree <laughs>
1: So just no acupuncture for this group. No. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Blind or not, we're not. We're not discriminating. Nope. Saying, no,
2: it's the acupuncture we don't like. It's, it's the needles the
0: in needles. my body for no reason other than to stay there for a few minutes.
1: No. <laughs> Actually, a Chinese practice, so that would have been imported. Anyhow, he moved to uh, Tokyo and met and married Tomoko Ishii. Yeah, you feeling all right with that, Brie? Yeah. Uh, with whom he would have six children. In 1981, he joined uh, Agonshu, a new religion founded in 1954 by Seiyu Kiriyama. Agonshu was a form of Buddhism incorporating fire rituals. Kiriyama received a holy relic of the Buddha, the, the leader that is, from the president of Sri Lanka, which helped to spread his fame. And the movement grew to five hundred thousand members, including the young, soon-to-be founder of Aum Shinrikyo. It's sort of a fun little story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, guy goes to Sri Lanka, gets this Buddha artifact, and people are like, "Oh, that's hey, we want to join that guy. He's got an artifact." Yeah,
0: it's all it takes, Rob.
1: Whatever works. Yeah, we need to get an artifact, don't we? We need
0: an artifact.
1: That's Ooh. what we're missing. Yes. What do you got up there in Canada, Nikki? Any artifacts we can? Have uh,
2: um,
1: probably not
2: like some old crime scene tape.
1: <laughs> That's is it a famous crime?
2: Uh, no. Just like. I- <laughs> It's just like there's just lots of it around. Just
1: a guy got beat up on your stairwell, and <laughs>
2: there's just so much crime that we can just oh. snag some tape. I'm not kidding. I just saw some like on a tree branch, like out on my walk.
1: Just, what like, happened on that like... branch?
2: No, I just people just like the. Um, they oh, decorate with it. Police here suck, and they never clean up. Like you can oh. see, there's like gloves, like those like blue plastic or like gloves oh my left, God. and like evidence bags, empty ones left behind, and like. Caution tape everywhere, like police line, do not cross stuff. They're just really lazy.
1: You know, you could like cosplay one night. Though you could have have a fun time. You could. Oh my
0: god! Please, Nikki, do not touch any of it. Do not put, put your any of them on. on your body.
1: Be like, go up, go up to your roommate and be like, hey, let's play crime scene tonight. I think oh my God. that'd be a good time. I, I
2: get arrested because my DNA is left on crime scene tape. I was touching out in the...
1: Oh, no, in my imagination, you have evidence bags. you have gloves, you have the whole nine yards. You've collected everything. No.
0: That is my concern.
1: <laughs> That's it. I'm coming to Winnipeg. We're playing crime scene. Oh, my God. He... <laughs>
2: Play crime scene in winnipeg you walk into the wrong area and you're in a crime scene oh, yeah that's
1: not that's not as much fun no he uh
2: <laughs> someone got shot five times at the end of my street are you oh, serious no. nikki? yes right outside my parking lot like i could see from my window the crime scene
1: you gotta get out of there man
0: you do that's what my girlfriend says too <laughs> listen to your girlfriend nikki
1: times are coming After joining Agonshu, Asahara became increasingly interested in Indian source material and also began studying the writing of Nostradamus, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: sort of an odd combination, but okay, reading the Vedas, reading Nostradamus. Nostradamus had predicted the end of the world at the end of the 20th century, and his work had become increasingly popular with the Japanese converts to new religions. Nostradamus was all over like those weird, like weekly world news kind of scandal sheets when I was growing up it was all about how Nostradamus was predicting the end of the world through the 80s and the 90s so I'm feeling that feeling that scene
0: well part of this has to do with like a magazine that he used to get nerds into his cult
1: yes he created right he created his own zine what was the 90s 80s he created a zine (laughs) it was was what we did back in the day I was not old enough to do that but yeah put on your flannel shirt and play your Nirvana and work on your zine (laughs)
2: Wow, that's actually, if like come full circle, that could just be like something a teenager would be up to today. That could be
1: anybody, you know. know. Yeah. Yeah, but they'd be doing like a blog or something, but it's about the same idea or a podcast. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, uh, Nostradamus predicted the end of the world, end of the 20th century. Japanese, you're getting all all interested in that. So Asahara opened a Chinese herbal medicine shop, uh, and he was arrested in 1982 for selling fake Chinese herbal medicine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, I don't know how you even do that. And then he went on to open a yoga school, and then in 84, he founded Aum Shinsen No Kai. Does that sound right, Bree?
0: That sounds or pretty... Th- it translates
1: to the Ohm circle of divine hermits.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love that.
1: Yeah. Wait till was, you well,
0: hear what Om Shinrikyo is. He,
1: he rose to fame in, in eighty five when the popular New Age magazine Twilight Zone published a photograph That's of ridiculous. him levitating. Oh
0: my god. Yeah. Gosh. Levitating, quote unquote. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> well done. Oh. Photo. What? Wait, what? I what? feel
2: like I've. Sorry, I just feel like I've seen that photo before. It's nothing that dramatic. You very really? well
0: could have. It's a really yeah. famous photo. Hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: That year, wandering on the shores of a northern of northern Japan, a god appeared to him. A god, and remember <sighs> Shinto. There are a variety of. Uh, uh, oh, what are they called? This is going to kill me.
0: Um. Kimi. Oh, why did I go to Hinduism? I know.
1: <laughs> it's kami. There are a variety of kami. Yes. There yeah. it is. A variety of kami, so could be anybody. A god appeared to him and ordained him the god of light, who leads armies of the gods. Which is feels more Hindu.
0: Well, that's the thing, is that literally he says, screw this, and then uses Hindu with a mix of Judeo-Christian it, later on in his cult for his, his beliefs in Huramageddon. Uh,
1: yeah, there's not a whole lot of of J- Japanese culture in it. Ultimately. No, not at all. It, Japanese it's all religion about Shiva
0: anyway. and the end yeah. of days.
1: So he went on to label the god Shiva, uh, this god who he had, who had approached him on on the <laughs> beach.
0: So okay, <laughs> I know I know this already, but it just sounds ridiculous hearing you say it, Rob. <laughs> I don't know
1: why. <laughs> I have that power. Um, in 1986, he achieved his final enlightenment after four four or five days of meditation in the himalayas which are sacred to the indians uh, so a lot of this is is very hindu in flavor mm-hmm. all right so let's get to the religion you ready for the v- religion nikki what they believe
2: oh probably not <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't think any of you are ready for
1: this. Saddle up. With Within Aum Shinrikyo, he came to be called Sonshi, or revered master, and he took mistresses from among Aum members while preaching celibacy for pretty much everybody
2: else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, That's shocking, revolutionary, never been done by a cult before.
1: Yeah, it's very Indian, there's a lot of Indian gurus, right? There's a number of, yeah, anyhow. Uh, Sounds like Nexium, yeah, all this sort of stuff. That's like (laughs) any cult. Not our cult, Nikki. I I let you guys have sex with whoever you want. (laughs) Thank you, Rob.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Anyhow, it's not my business. In fact, I encourage it. Okay, so his (laughs) his advanced spiritual ability allowed him to partake in any manner of not practicing what he preached (laughs) that he wanted to. So he's just like. Because I'm so ascended, I don't need to, you know, do all this other stuff I'm telling you guys to do. <laughs> <All right. sighs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Aum involved both casual pra- participants and far more serious shuke or renunciates. Is that right, Brie, shuke? Yeah, I think so. In 1989, there were about 200 renunciants. So uh, you got that, Nikki, so there's there's like all these random people in it like thousands of people are members of om shinrikyo but then very special ones he's they they he drafts them or they volunteer to be renunciates i think generally he's gonna like somebody's going to come up to you and say we want you to join the inner circle
0: okay i was gonna say that's like his like inner group but mind you to get in in the first place you have to pay like a fee and there's different fees you can pay to get different levels from the get-go
2: of course. And if you pay,
0: I think it's like $2,000. Not only do you get to be like super close to its inner circle, but you get like I forget what the amount is, but like a, free a bunch t-shirt? Of, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's even better than that, Nikki. No, it's it's much better. Speaking um, of
1: which, have I sent you a t-shirt, Nikki? Yes. Oh, good. All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but Nikki, wouldn't you much rather have I think it's I forget what the amount is, um, but uh a specific amount of Rob's dirty bathwater.
1: Uh yes. Yes. <laughs> Dang, because
0: that's, that's what tempting, you can but, get um... from Shoko Asahara if you <laughs> like pay two thousand dollars.
2: Bathwater
0: she just took it from history.
1: I would only send you clean bathwater that I was planning on bathing in.
0: <laughs> For two thousand so dollars. Right. <laughs> About there. So that's just one of them that's just oh my gosh
1: so but but being a renunciant was not just a matter of like like Bree saying it it did involve giving all of your stuff to him but um it it was like a it was a different lifestyle than the rest of the the, the cult that they were hardcore uh members so by 1989 Uh, There were 200 renunciants. That grew to a couple thousand by the height of the movement's popularity. So the word shuke means leaving home and it involved members giving all their worldly possessions to the organization, as we're saying, and engaging in severe asceticism, including celibacy, long meditations, breathing exercises, intense prostrations, work assignments, and severely reduced sleep.
2: And food consumption. What was that? Prost... Patience?
1: so it so that's um you know uh like you you uh you bow down mm-hmm. you would do that oh. intensely
0: yeah oh okay
1: yeah so i guess you just lay there for a long period of time or i don't know maybe you do it a whole bunch
0: i think this is the group of people that also um basically like once a day got to eat a bowl of like vegetable broth then that that's was your meal
1: It's a little like the Hindu ascetics or the self-flagellators, the Catholic Mm self-flagellators. Yeah. So uh, they became beyond the reach of the world they occupied as the person they were before. That was the point of it. Uh, They would leave no trace for friends and family to contact them. They participated in medicated psychotropic initiations. (laughs) What? Involving LSD? What's the funny part of this? Narcotics and barbiturates. Because. because they're starving is that well, why <laughs> it's
0: funny to me because like a lot of the times it's not funny this is not funny this is actually probably really <laughs> scary but a lot of the times it'd be like you're sitting down with for a cup of tea with the dude and it's just like oh you start tripping in. because you don't know that you have taken lsd or whatever other med like uh yeah psychot- uh, not psychotics psychedelics and he's just like no nah, no nah, it's cool your master is here to guide you like it's oh. fucked up. Mm. oh sorry can i say that <laughs>
1: Yeah, your sister says it all the time. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If they fell short and sinned in the eyes of the organization and the guru, they could be subjected to harsh immersions in hot or cold water, hanging by the feet for hours, or solitary confinement for days. If you guys okay. piss me off, I just make you listen to me talk for a little while,
0: which is delightful. It's honestly not a punishment, Rob.
1: <laughs> See? Can't punish Bree. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how I punish my kid. She's bad, and I like bring her to like a corner, and I just stand there with her, and she like has to discuss with me
0: what whatever's on my
1: mind. Well, uh, yeah,
0: or what you want to talk about.
1: What I feel like at that mm-hmm. moment, yeah. At the core of the organization were individuals who embraced uh, Vajrayana, or the diamond vehicle path within Tantric Buddhism, which we talked about in our Tantra episode. Certain variants of Vajrayana uh, and the path embraced by Asahara involved attempting to visualize the self as the deity, uh, also a kind of erasure of the ego. So you tried to sort of like become god in your mind, or a god. In Aum Shinrikyo, this meant a transformation of the initiate into the guru through, in part, listening to the sound of Asahara's brainwaves through headphones, drinking his blood, yep. which was supposed to have unique DNA, and then, of course, the bathwater thing. So, yeah, you wanted to become, you wanted to be him.
0: Which sometimes meant consuming parts of him. Yeah. That you don't want to ever consume from anybody, mm. no, no, I no. hope. Ah.
1: Yeah, so that that's that's your that's the so that's the diamond vehicle. The sort of how he took the diamond vehicle idea and ported it over to his situation,
2: made it gross.
1: Yeah, because you're not trying to become you know Vishnu or Kali or anything. Now you're trying to become this man, just this,
0: this asshole, this guy,
1: good old <laughs> this dude,
0: Shizawa Matsumoto. <laughs>
1: right. This... Over here. These scientists also... Oh, sorry. What was I talking about? Um, so there was sci- his scientists. He had scientists working for him who were in the cults, and they were the ones who were developing the technology to do this stuff, to to have the brainwaves and stuff. It, so they, they record his brainwaves, and then you would listen to them. And they developed an astral teleporter, which translated the guru's mantras into electrical signals... And they would go on to create the weapons and counterweapons used in Aum Shinrikyo's murderous attacks. So the scientists of Aum Shinrikyo are extremely important, big figures in this story. And we've just met them because they created these weird headphones, but they're going to do much worse stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I don't want to pick on scientists because some of my very good friends are scientists, but science does not make you immune to believing bullshit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no not at all
1: being super good at science does not prevent you from being drafted into a cult oh, no. so
0: or into doing a bunch oh, of no. horrible things that could be considered war crimes that started this in the first place
1: oh yeah the scientists are probably <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> short of uh, uh you know asahara himself
0: he the has. scientists
1: are probably the worst of the bunch
0: because i mean they created with this turn
1: uh oh. And they knew what they were doing. It's not like he Einstein, did. whose you know theory of relativity just incidentally was used with by to create the atomic bomb. These guys intentionally were developing weapons that they knew he, he was going to use against regular exactly. people. Exactly. So, core well, members were organized into a series of ministries and agencies designed to serve as the replacement for the Japanese government after Doomsday arrived and wiped civilization away. So he created his own little government. All these little bureaucracies. Hmm. So he's he's big time. He's got a lot of people underneath of him at this point. It's going well. Aum Shinrikyo spent about $700,000 on renting airtime from a Russian radio station, Hmm. which was then broadcast to Japan and leased Russian television time to make videos for recruiting back home. Japan and Russia are close to each other. For those of you who do not know, they basically border each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, yeah. There There's some disputed territory. Uh, there can be disputed territory between Japan and Russia. It was the plot of the latest oh. James Bond.
0: The more you know. I didn't so, know the James Bond part. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Daniel Craig's last, last uh, movie, which as James Bond, there, there was a little island that uh, Rami Malek lived on that was in disputed territory between japan and russia (laughs) all right (laughs) but historically the russians and the japanese have had wars with each other so Mm -hmm. anyhow uh in summer 1994 they performed a live musical at their battle cry cultural festival about the group's achievements and plans
2: Oh my gosh, when are we going to make our musical based on Uncle Confession's achievements and plans? It
1: sort of makes me think of Gilles DeRay, who staged that elaborate Joan of Arc musical. Remember that? (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind, is this, this crazy guy putting all his money into this bizarre Battle Cry Cultural Festival. Although many of the organization's members were middle-aged, Asahara appealed to more college students and young graduates than most other Japanese new religious movements. These people were, much like participants in the New Age in the U.S., drawn to alternative religion at the margins of the mainstream. Aum Shinrikyo also had a particular appeal for doctors, scientists, and engineers. Since Asahara often... Couched his claims in scientific terms. He knew how to pull them in.
0: He was brilliant at math too. Like, this kid, when he was a kid, like, I don't, if he hadn't been so set on being a manipulative piece of crap and wanting to be the prime minister, he could have been <laughs> a brilliant, like, mathematician. He could have done anything. Like, it's insane how smart this guy is. This just
2: proves my point that you should never trust someone who is too good at math. Because math <laughs> doesn't make sense.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, yes. I mean, I, I think as we go through this, this whole series on dangerous cults, uh, Bree, I think we're often going to have this feeling of, oh, man, if only that guy would have just done something productive with his time, he could have really done something cool. But instead, this.
0: Well, you can say the same thing of James Jones, but he did do something productive with his time. He was a civil rights advocate, and then look what happened to him. (laughs) Like, he was doing really good stuff, and then he said, hmm, methamphetamines much? Yeah,
2: I think I'd rather do meth.
1: Yeah, 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 the old ego. So, uh, they also, by the way, recruited young teenagers who quickly vanished into the ranks of the renunciates, which did not make their parents extremely happy
0: no rob have you seen the anime that they made
1: no i have not
0: oh yeah one of their advertisement campaigns was an anime that's why they're known as the anime cult i think you Uh, can still find it on youtube
2: yeah no i have to find that
1: yes we'll have to check that out uh i
0: think it still exists because i remember when i was writing your paper i actually found it and i watched it it's weird it is weird
1: be careful when you're uh, searching Aum Shinrikyo commercial because you may end up on a watch list. But listeners, please enjoy. <laughs>
0: that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you might, but at least you're on one for the right reasons.
1: Right? Yeah, for occult confessions. So <laughs> you did it. You did it for. <laughs> For the movement. So the organization amassed vast stores of money through renunciates, donations. Remember, these people are giving all their stuff to the cult, but also through the sale of religious objects meant to bring the initiate closer to the guru, so you could also, you know, buy the bathwater. To rent the headset with his brainwaves for a month or drink his blood costs ten thousand dollars, translating it from yen. The organization also sold computers, weird and undercut competitors.
0: Okay. (laughs) They had a bunch of computer nerds in the cult, like computer nerds, gaming nerds, anime nerds. All those people were there. They're all smart. It's (laughs) it's the
1: 90s. So, you know, selling these big desktop computers was a thing. Like that was a job Mm -hmm. that you could do. You didn't have to be one of them guys at Best Buy. You You could just do that from your house. Uh, but here's the thing, Nikki, they undercut their competitors since renunciate labor kept costs low because renunciates
2: weren't getting paid.
1: They only got paid apparently in in, uh, you know, vegetable broth. So,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: can't compete. They ran noodle shops and restaurants, a fitness club, child care service, dating service and travel agencies i love the dating service
2: all of the things they can't do
0: <laughs> well they
1: did yeah. them
0: and they
2: made they, a
1: ton of money nikki you No, know but
2: i mean like they can't travel like away from their cult if they're like you know what i mean like they can right? oh, the things that they, they can't, personally they can't, can't, can't do date.
1: they can't have sex they can't no have children se-
2: like, they can't you know what i mean can't so, eat like, noodles yeah <laughs> right they're doing all they this can't stuff. eat
1: noodles Right.
2: No, they just I just put that bra. together
0: Rob and I don't know why
1: but they're running they noodle shops
2: a, they work at a noodle shop and they just get the bone broth
0: they get right. the broth
1: that's it I bet they can could, they could do fitness though the fitness club I bet that's cool oh they,
0: they all have to be able to do yoga so they can yeah. oh wait no they can't only only uh, uh, Asahara can be the one to propel his ass into the air so he looks <laughs> like he's levitating
1: <laughs> no, ah! no levitating but they can totally bend around
0: they can. they can be real flexible <laughs>
1: Aum Shinrikyo's headquarters was in Fuji no Maya, near Mount Fuji. Yeah? Does that sound right, Brie? Yeah. There were 20 additional facilities around Tok- uh, Tokyo, Yokohama, and urban areas around Honshu. They had a three-story facility for developing chemical and biological weapons. Three stories! Oh, no. It's a lot of... It's, it's a, a lot of, sarin. of It's a lot of money, like... Yeah. This is a big... This is like a corporation. You know, like a big corporation. Sarin was ultimately made in one of these buildings. Uh, they also had additional labs for working with botulins and anthrax, botulinus. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So biological weapons and chemical weapons. There was a place for manufacturing Russian AK forty sevens.
0: Real specific. <laughs> <About> that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's handy.
1: You buy the parts from Russia and put them together. And yeah. uh, the Astral Hospital Institute for medical care.
2: What?
1: It was also used for drugging and murdering apostate members and their and, and enemies of the cult. Nikki,
2: yes. Mm, so. That sounds more like that a go, hospital. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that it's an
1: sense. astral hospital for your astrals.
2: That sounds like you're going to walk in there and they're going to kill you immediately <laughs> and then try to tend to your astral spirit.
1: <laughs> yeah, you might get an enema first. At the uh-huh. hospital... Patients who were non-followers would be pressured to make donations in order to cure their illness on the premise that giving precipitated healing. Doctors would also remove fingerprints and alter facial features to prevent the police from apprehending members. Some members also died as a result of the rigors of being a renunciate, and this would often happen in their own medical facilities. Likely, Ayum Shinrikyo's first death happened this way, and they resorted to murder when one of the victim's friends, a person named Shuji Taguchi, threatened to leave the group. The group was particularly sensitive to bad publicity right then because they were about to receive official recognition as a religion from the Japanese government, and the organization killed lawyers who targeted them in court, they killed apostate members, and eventually they just killed complete strangers, which is how we started the episode. On the 23rd of April, 1995, Hideo Murai, the scientist most responsible for developing the weapons involved in the sarin attack, was knifed to death on the steps of Aum Shinrikyo's Tokyo headquarters by a hitman from the Yakuza, a hit that was likely ordered by the guru himself, or perhaps one of his lieutenants, because Mirai, while incredibly loyal, had been talking to the press too much following the sarin gas attacks. The total list of individuals the group murdered numbered around 80. Do you have a different number, Brie, or does that sound okay?
0: Um, I think 80 sounds correct just because they weren't fully successful with their actual thing.
1: Yeah, and we're leaving off the gas attacks, right? Yeah, so
0: so I think 80 sounds about right. Yeah, that's crazy, though. Definitely Uh, not less than 80.
1: That's organized crime.
0: Yeah, they're basically an organized crime. Crime group, like they're not even a cult really at this point. <laughs> they're like bordering on yeah. to organized crime I and a terrorist group. Say, they are a terrorist group.
2: Uh, yeah. But I was also gonna say, I don't know. Maybe this is too controversial. It sounds a little, uh a little American governmenty. Yeah, people die in out of the blue. You speak out, you get killed. You speak out, you.
1: That's a very don't Canadian you? sentiment, yeah. but I understand where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So you're thinking about, like, the CIA? Uh,
2: It's just whenever there's people in power and they they almost always do really bad stuff. um, And they would rather kill anyone who got in their way than face up to that really bad stuff. And I feel like that's a villain trope that's, like, actually scarily accurate.
1: I think that's fair
0: yeah I think it's fair too, especially with the idea of hiring this man to make your weapons and then killing the man because you don't want him to say that you made the weapons exactly yeah
1: well i've i've been I've made the point on the show that when you talk about presidential power, I mean these are people who directly or indirectly kill people. They mm-hmm. order drone strikes mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. civilians and all that sort of stuff. and it's just a nature of the work that this is what they do, but it's it's pretty troubling. Yeah. The religious doctrine for murder centered on POA. POA generally meant disciplined meditation in the presence of a guru, but it took on a darker meaning for Aum Shinrikyo, becoming an act of homicide at the guru's request. POA essentially meant taking an individual's bad karma onto oneself by killing them.
2: But that's a lose lose situation. Why would you want to do that?
1: Because you, Nikki, if you're a good member, have the spiritual strength to take it on.
2: Yep. Wh- why wouldn't I just let that person live with their own no, karma? No, no, Nikki,
0: no.
1: Because <laughs> you're you're being a spiritual warrior. You're mm-hmm. helping them out.
0: You gotta fight that otherworldly fight. G- oh well, when you put it that way.
1: Yeah. Be be, be, a, be a trooper. The guru took <laughs> bad karma onto himself when he ordered a killing, as did the assassin in many cases. Sometimes when the guru requested a killing or the development of some bizarre weapon or counterweapon, disciples would rationalize it as a mahamudra or guru challenge. He's just, he's just challenging us to create a deadly weapon that will kill thousands.
2: He's not going to do it. No,
1: it's just a, he's challenging our soul believe <laughs> like when I send you guys bathwater that I haven't used yet, you yeah. don't know what to do with it. I just send it to you without any notes. there's no instructions.
0: It's up to us to spiritually find what we so need to do with it
1: with <laughs> that unused potential bathwater. Believers approached murder with a sacred carefree mind attempting to kill but not caring if they were killed in the process as the date of the Tokyo subway attacks drew closer asahara began to preach about the accumulation of bad karma among the general population he warned that if members did not protect ohm shinrikyo against persecutors at all costs they risked having the truth revealed by asahara purged from the earth so that's the other thing it's got this millenarian uh, armageddon feel to it we have to preserve the teachings if we don't preserve the teachings by you know killing our enemies then it's on us.
2: Well, and culturally, with the whole, like, loss of a uh, empire and um, emperor. There we go. Not empire. Well, empire, <laughs> too. Uh, equally um, so. You know, that set the the tone for everybody to be like, well, now we have this. If you're in it, and you're like, now I have this. I don't want to lose
0: this.
1: Yeah. There's a desperation there.
0: I just... Mm-hmm. i. There's a point where I don't know, because, you know, there's like there's a point with every cult leader where they either believe too hard in what they're doing and they get lost or they just throw away what they've been preaching to everybody, whether they believe it or not. And I don't know where the point is for him, where the Harumageddon just kind of like gets thrown out and it's just kind of like a we have to we just have to trigger everybody dying. Like we, It's on us to take everybody's karma, quote unquote. It's just well, him trying to be a controlling ass. I,
1: let's see if we can find that point, Brie. Uh, let's talk about the attack itself. <sighs> Aum Shinrikyo's Armageddon was a blend of Eastern and Western sources, as Brie was talking about. Nostradamus and the revelations of St. John were joined to Hindu and Buddhist end times predictions like the description of the Kali Yuga. The last eon or epic in uh, hindu culture asahara also added a dash of japanese popular culture namely the animated television show the voyage of the space battleship uh, yamato which which (sighs) (laughs) sorry this you have to laugh but it it is it's all very dark it was about yeah it's what? <laughs> Go ahead. It's just
0: so absurd. That's why I laugh sometimes when I yes. say these things, because yes. it's just such an absurd concept. I just, I can't comprehend how it got so dark.
1: We like, do you know? not, we're not making light. This is a horrible <laughs> thing that happened, but it is so ridiculous. Yeah. Anyhow. About a post-nuclear, so this was a TV show, it's an animated TV show, Saturday morning cartoon about a post-nuclear Holocaust world and a brave crew of astronauts who ventures out to recover a cosmo cleaner that will mitigate Earth's nuclear pollution. So they're going out into space to bring back this cosmic vacuum. So this is part of his theory that this is you can that this exists. And then there was a bit of Western conspiracy theory with the Jews and the Freemasons, just for good measure, working toward their own apocalypse in contrast to Asahara's apocalypse, which was somehow the better of the two apocalypses. So he had to get to his apocalypse before those Jews and Freemasons pulled off theirs over in America and oh Canada. Goodness. Asahara was paranoid about counterattacks and kept a device developed by his team of scientists for countering chemical and biological attacks in his family's apartment. He believed that the United States government, the Japanese gov- government, rival religious groups like uh, Soka Gakkai and the Crown Princess Masako could all potentially be out to get him. Hey, t- I
2: would believe that, honestly, you wouldn't even have to know this guy to not like him. Uh, I believe he has a very long list of enemies. He probably should be paranoid.
1: Why stop at the Crown Princess? Yeah, there's, what about the Crown Prince? What about... yeah? There's so many. people. What did you do got, to the
0: crown princess?
1: Right. Who knows? Do you know Bree? Why? Why the crown princess? You have any idea? You know,
0: that wasn't the point of
1: my paper, Rob. So I don't I know, I know. <laughs> Such a bizarre uh, a new detail. paper
2: concept, Bree. I need you to find
0: why
1: he why thought she would be mad at him.
0: Well, <laughs> I think he just was at the point where every cult leader gets really crazed, and they think really random. The seemingly high-powered people are out to get them. Jim Jones did the same thing. I think they yeah, all just yeah. do. Yeah.
1: The Tokyo subway attack was not their first attempt to deploy biological and chemical weapons in Japan. Asahara fantasized about a variety of weapons of mass destruction. Building on Nikolai Tesla's unrealized vision of conveying electrical currents through the ground, Asahara talked to his scientists about discovering a way to create and transmit a 10 trillion volt charge. You know, if this hadn't happened decades before we started this show i would be a little i'd be sweating a little bit like that i accidentally inspired this person because so many of our topics are in his stuff oh yeah tesla india he's just drawing from all these sources is very occult i guess in that way
0: yeah he's one of those guys that just pulls things that sound good from things that exist i was gonna say
2: it's also just like whatever fits his agenda he's like i'll take that and i'll take that that sounds like something i like thank you i can use that against people thank you
1: it's the conspiracy theorist and the you know the apocalyptic you know that's always going hand in hand Mm -hmm. asahara was also interested in developing a plasma uh and a laser gun oh my god in 19 which is Tangentially related to Tesla's research, IOM uh, members broke into two laser laboratories in Japan and purchased a half a million dollar laser system from a company in California.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Just sold it to him. No biggie. Members met in Moscow. Come on, California. Members met in Moscow with Nobel winner Nikolai Basov, whose research focused on lasers. So, I mean, these were serious guys. Yeah. They could get a Nobel Prize winner to sit down and have tea with them. Uh, freaking I'm, Keith ranieri met the met uh, the Dalai Lama, the Nexium guy. Uh, uh, these people, they're money. con men. Money. They're high-level con men. And you're right, yeah. They they collect a lot of money, Nikki, and then they're just good at talking themselves into these bizarre places. I mean, right, Bree? Isn't that what's happening with the That's with basically like a Nobel how it Prize goes. winner?
0: And I I feel like hold on a second. I feel like I <laughs> um i think that he might have also met the dalai lama actually
1: really well i mean it would have been handy i suppose are you googling um, it um
0: i'm pretty sure he did
1: he met the dalai lama yep he met the dalai lama Uh, when could when do we get to meet the dalai Lama? i was
0: gonna say
2: if you looked up a list of celebrities though who have met the dalai lama
1: Yeah, he's he's gets he gets around that Dalai Lama. It's
2: probably a lot, and like that's why I'm like it's money.
1: We need to get on this Dalai Lama thing. We
0: just need Uh, to have a a lot more money, billion
1: dollar compound, I guess. Yeah. we'll get there one patron at a time. Patrons, it's up to you. (laughs)
2: Please support us on Patreon so we can find our own cult compound. Help us
0: build our
1: compound, and then we can meet the Dalai Lama. Yes. the Naked Truth and the Metallurgic Prophet and the Supreme Hierophant sit down with the Dalai Lama.
0: What a time.
1: What a day that will be. Okay, so when we're talking about a plasma gun, Asahara means microwave radiation which he hoped to be able to use to irradiate or juice people without irradiating property. (sighs) This comes back to Hiroshima. What he wanted to do was create a kind of nuclear holocaust without all the residual fallout and poisoning, so that he could just take over the space.
2: Oh, he didn't want to have to live in the mess he made. No, he
1: wanted to be
0: greedy about it.
1: Just kill mm. the people, and which is also kind of the plot of the latest James Bond movie. He predicted that. <laughs> sorry, he, he predicted that the United States would strike Japan with atomic and hydrogen bombs in 1996. And World War III would commence a decade later in 2006. Japan would suffer horribly at the hands of the United States in the coming war as a way to cleanse its karma for the future. In Australia, Om Shinrikyo purchased a large sheep ranch where they, <laughs> so ridiculous, where they sought uranium deposits to construct a nuclear warhead. There are currently three functioning uranium mines in Australia, just so you know, where the government is concerned about too much mining, uh, compromising groundwater. West Australia is home to a series of near surface uranium deposits, some as close as 15 meters to the surface. And I want to thank our Discord listeners for that information.
0: That's insane.
1: And Naum Shinrikyo team did succeed in pulling small amounts of uranium from the rock and set up a laboratory, but Australian authorities became suspicious, prompting the organization to shut down the operation and sell the land. Yeah.
0: I, the more that I hear about this and the more I like re and, you know, relearn stuff, the more that I remember that if he hadn't gotten so greedy... These guys could have been successful.
1: Oh yeah, they could have built everything
0: that they wanted to do.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. if they were a little bit smarter, they could have got. I mean, they they had the right ideas, but they were just like you're She's right, the re- ego. He
0: is so smart, and then the ego gets him. Mm-hmm. So he yep. gets it an all time, and he puts a hard date on something, and it's just
1: yeah, that hard date. It's every
0: time. Every <laughs> ex- time they put a hard date on something. <laughs>
1: If we had said, you know, the podcast is going to have 10,000 listeners by, you know, year two or we're going to quit, well, then we wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. We may have actually at that point, but anyhow, you can't do that. You got to play the long game. You got to play the long game when you're trying to destroy the world.
2: Well, with cults too, like they'll say... This date is the end of the world, and then it comes and goes, and you're inevitably inevitably going to lose a few followers.
0: Even right, that's why Jim Jones was so smart, is because oh he didn't, didn't, yeah he didn't, he didn't do that. He was smart about it, but then the meth got to him. So
2: god, dang it!
1: Always the meth. (laughs) They attempted to release that cult,
2: just like oh my gosh, nothing has ever been so upsetting it's, than like what i
1: learned what anyway with jim jones
0: jim jones yeah. is, is one of the biggest tragedies that's
1: ever am i not in terms I, of a cult am we, are we not killing thousands of people in japan right now what's what is that I don't know, what more can i do for you well that was like a few hundred people all right i'm gonna, con- yeah. I'm gonna continue with the list of horrible things I, this, guy, this guy did i just
0: think the circumstances are what changed
1: the mood of them. Then. Right. He pretend, I
2: understand. He, he, you know, there was a good intention somewhere, unlike this guy who just, like, wanted... He seems like he just always wanted to kill people. Like, he he got into a school where everyone was blind, and he was like,
0: you know it would be easy? Murder.
1: So you guys are into the tragic hero of Jim Jones, as it's opposed to... It's not even
0: the tragic hero thing. with The Jim Jones thing, it's just, like...
1: Tragic anti-hero.
0: It feels like it was so... There was so much heart in it. Whereas with om Shinrikyo, it it feels so much more wow. uh institutional and and methodical and uh, more cold. terroristy. It. it doesn't feel yeah. as like a, a heartfelt group got rotted from the inside and were yeah. murdered and committed suicide all at once and forced oh, yeah. to commit suicide. I like see. it just it doesn't it just rings like a different type pulls a different string of the heart, I guess is what
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: Gotcha.
0: It still sucks either way, but...
1: Speaking of which, they attempted to release botulinus toxin from trucks in the middle of the city near American <laughs> naval inst- installations and at the Narita airport, but the toxin failed to produce any results. They tried to spray botulinus again in 1993 in the neighborhood of Prince Naruhito's wedding. Their failures, but maybe that's why the crown princess was annoyed with them. <laughs> Their failures with botulinus came back to the fact that they failed to isolate and then weaponize a strain of the toxin. They
0: so they just well, put... thank God yeah. They just randomly put it out there? Like,
1: Yeah, their biologists were not fantastic. In they, 92, Asahara traveled with some followers to Africa during the Ebola outbreak to help, they said, but they were suspicious... Uh, or there were suspicions, I should say, that they were attempting to collect Ebola samples... To bring home and weaponize.
0: I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah.
1: Horrible. They began producing sarin in 93 and in 94 using information gathered from their contacts in Russia as well as manuals available in the United States in 1993. What? Yeah, we got freedom. I feel like uh, never
2: in an episode have I made so many just like uh, I,
1: noises well. before. <laughs> the us does we got this whole freedom thing when it Rob, comes do to do you have
0: um any insight as to like i know there was a lot of modes uh, uh that they tried to do their their mass his mass killing in but do you know why they were so like they were real set on biological warfare was it just availability to it
1: yeah they sarin ended up being the way they went which was chemical
0: yeah and they were open still, to nuclear
1: like, it it was easier i think it's you're i think you're you've got the right idea Bree. the man was in a rush okay so nuclear war he could have probably maybe worked around to but there's a lot of opportunity for failure and it takes a lot of time to build a warhead just ask the iranians yeah so you know but chemical and biological weapons are just easier to produce
0: So he was just impatient and chose the easier option.
1: I think so. Well, he was Russian against Nostradamus. I mean, it was 1994, 95, 96. We're running out of years before... He
0: he put that hard line because he said, Ah, yes, Nostradamus said a man from the East will come. That is me.
1: Yep. In 93, (sighs) they attempted to assassinate Daisaku Ikeda, leader of the rival religious organization Soka Gakkai. They were scared off on the first attempt and on the second crashed the radio-controlled helicopter drone involved in the attack. In 94, the attorney Taro Takimoto, who was assisting AOM victims in court, suffered symptoms of nerve agent exposure when AOM (sighs) members released sarin into the ventilator system and onto the windshield of his car while it sat outside the Kofu district. Yep, Just sitting outside of a courthouse, they did this. That summer, they attacked three judges presiding over a fraud case involving the organization. They released the gas in Matsumoto using a van equipped with a heating pot to vaporize sarin and a fan. The three judges uh, were hearing the case, uh, a case that had been brought against uh, Aom Shinrikyo. The judges, as well as uh, several hundred people, were sickened, and seven people died. Oh my God. So. Already these sort of like innocent people are getting oh. caught up in it. Well, but we're not, we're, we haven't gotten to the subway yet. They're, they're, these are just their experiments. I mean, they're targeted experiments, but still.
0: They're testing. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: how terrorist groups do it. In the fall, they released Fos, uh, Gene Gas, the mail slot of a journalist, That journalist had accused them of of kidnapping and murdered uh, 20 dissidents using a nerve agent called VX. So they did that as well. People who quit, that is to say. Uh, The 95 attack was in response to increasing police pressure on the organization. Aum Shinrikyo had learned of impending police raids on their facilities, and they were hoping to use the attack to create a diversion, presumably by blaming some other group for the sarin. Had they gotten away with the subway attack, they would have followed it up in November with a second release of Sarin involving an MI-17 helicopter they had purchased from the Russians. This has a bit of a Manson feel to it. We're going to kill these guys while those guys are in jail.
2: And then they'll think that they did it
1: because we
0: couldn't have.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But just on a much larger scale.
0: And a much more thought out scale.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With far more resources. Mm -hmm. So uh, only in in broad outline is it Mancini. Although the helicopter was never realized, March did not mark the end of Aum Shinrikyo's campaign of terror on Tokyo subways. In May, two vinyl bags were discovered in the men's bathroom in Shinjuku subway station. One was on fire and the pair contained ingredients to produce hydrogen cyanide. So the idea was that... Mm if you got both of them to catch fire that the the co- chemicals would combine and then it you know we'd have the chemical reaction for the the, the weapon so yeah. they're in two separate bags the ingredients in July two pink bags were found in the women's bathroom of the Cayabacho station again containing the ingredients which when combined
2: no, I'm sorry it's not funny it's just that, like cuz it's in the girl's bathroom they put them in pink bags
1: oh yeah they didn't want it to anybody to catch on <laughs> Yeah, because that's
0: going to make them not notice too bags It's just such full a, like, chemical specific... compounds Is <laughs> the change of color. Oh, I'm sorry, this is different. A lady did this this time. <laughs> I get it, Nikki. I... <laughs>
1: This must be the women's room. It's um, just,
0: this is so absurd and horrible, but absurd.
1: But. So again, with the combination, we would have gotten a deadly weapon on the twentieth of March, nineteen ninety-eight, the third anniversary of the sarin incident. Authorities discovered three beer cans in a bathroom of the Kasumigaseki station containing a chlorine-like liquid. So uh, that's three years after the attack. I mean, the attack certainly, you know, brought down this huge organization, but. There were sort of like these little gorilla splinters that persisted well past the time of the sarin gas attack. And, and you're saying, Bree, that they're still out there. There are some members.
0: I think there's still like some sort of grouping of them, but I think it's more like the his like original teachings when it comes to like the, the trying to mimic Hindu weird practices and meditation and yoga and stuff. Like, I think it's like that type of thing. I could be wrong though. I don't
1: know. It sounds about right. In many ways, Aum Shinrikyo represents the toxic end of an ascetic, world-renouncing spiritual path, the dissolution of the ego into another, and the destruction of the world in the name of spiritual enlightenment. Tradition holds that the Buddha attempted an ascetic path himself, but discovered that it was too extreme and not the way to accomplish enlightenment. Only after he had nourished himself and gotten back his health was he able to sit and meditate for 40 days and 40 nights under the Bodhi tree and discover the truth. The Buddha, like all great religious teachers, emphasized compassion as an essential aspect of a spiritual path. While he warned against attachment, he advised that we treat others well and tend to their physical and spiritual needs as far as we are able. In the West, we often worry over religious teachers and churches who claim to follow Jesus' example but are not compassionate. This hypocrisy may seem like a Western phenomenon, but Aum Shinrikyo shows the extent to which all prophets and religious leaders are subject to such egregious misinterpretation that it turns their teaching upside down. Final thoughts:
0: I hate this man. Like he's probably—I know that I—I am fascinated by uh, what happened, but only in the light that. May we uh, learn from this and not repeat things like this? Same with any of these guys. Mm -hmm. But this guy is like a different breed of them where he was just so smart. And out of all of the cults that I have ever researched or looked into, he is the only one that I think genuinely could have been successful in a very nefarious way. Like... He had the refund the refunds the resources, <laughs> the uh, the smarts, the people the money the money he had and all... the power
2: the position of power is that's definitely yeah the really scary thing about it is because like lots of cults they have um, power over a niche group of people right yeah and they usually try to like isolate themselves away from the world but he, made a humongous corporation of people in society whose sole purpose is to find ways to destroy it
0: and and he personally didn't get attached to anything which i think is a real staple for being successful in a cult is that he did not form any attachments that were more than superficial like with having you know sex with some of his followers or whatever um and he didn't He wasn't attached to his ideas. He just was attached to a goal. And unfortunately for him, but fortunately for the world, he sped up a timeline that he set for himself like they all do. He panicked. And if that hadn't been the case, things could have been so much worse. The numbers that if he had been successful would have been like... It would have been ridiculous ridiculously high compared to the deaths of nine eleven. If he had been successful,
1: I mean, that's with how the, bad it was. With the sarin attacks—we're talking about a dozen people who actually died. I yeah. mean, thousands and thousands were injured, and uh, you know. But yes, it, it could have been substantially worse. Well, yeah.
2: and they wouldn't stop. You know, if they didn't, I mean, get as dismantled as they are currently? Question mark. Um, then. I absolutely lost my train of thought. It
0: crashed. <laughs> I think I get what you're saying now, but I think the reason that it was halted is because they don't have him anymore. Yeah.
2: Yes. So if he didn't, like, did he get caught? I'm unclear about that.
0: I don't even mm-hmm. what happened Is to he still him exactly? alive? Is he
2: dead? Is he alive? Did he get caught? I think he's in prison him?
0: if he's still alive.
2: Okay, but he did get caught.
0: Oh, definitely. He was arrested. Oh,
2: okay. So that was my point then. Pretty he wasn't sure. stopped. You know, if he hadn't gotten caught and he did get away with that, like there would be all the deaths from that incident. And then there would be all the deaths from the next incident he pulled and the next. He just I don't think he would stop until he did get stopped or
0: killed.
1: So to bring Shoko on home, uh, he was sentenced to death in 2004 he mm-hmm. ran out of appeals in 2011, but his execution was postponed so that he could, um, because of the arrest of other members, he was executed in 2018.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I just found that too. Yeah.
1: So for people who need some closure, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I also
0: <sighs> did find the name of the anime.
1: Oh, what 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 was it?
0: Uh, it is Shotsu Sekai.
1: There you go. Should um, you. Want to get on a watch list.
0: I think it's like the episodes are only like a minute long. Like it's not supposed to be like a full show. It's like an advertisement campaign, I'm pretty sure.
1: And it's a series of episodes, huh?
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know how many, though. I've only watched like the first one because I was very uncomfortable and weirded out. And (laughs) I was like, I should stop watching this. This is (laughs) enough.
1: Yeah, maybe you stayed off the watch list.
0: I don't know because I just looked it up again.
1: (laughs) I know. I I look up so many things in our research, man. Yeah. All right, bring us on home. Uh.
0: Uh. <laughs> I, uh. I this hereby... is what you wanted to do at the beginning. I know! <laughs> but not the beginning of it. Uh. I hereby adjourn and declare close this order of. this, this secret. Wait, this meeting?
1: This meeting of?
0: The secret meeting of the order of alchemicals. It's not secret. It's not secret. This... <laughs> <laughs> this Nikki meaning- has heard me
1: say that so many times.
0: <laughs> this, this meeting of the. The. Uh, us. The alchemical actors <laughs> until such a time as we can get together and do it again. There
1: it is. Finally. <laughs> we got
0: it out. I'm so sorry. Uh,
1: so that's it for a- Um Shinrikyo. Uh, we're going to go ahead over to China next for an episode on Falun Gong. Oh. Yeah, uh, who is is not not so deadly, um, and in, in fact, in my opinion, I've said this a couple times at, at the closing of these episodes. But I do not believe Falun Gong is responsible for any of the things the Chinese government blames them for. But uh, that's sort of what makes them so fascinating—that they're blamed for committing horrendous acts, uh, but are probably fairly innocent. Mm. So uh, my name is Doctor Robert C. Thompson. I am your supreme hierophant, joined this day by our metallurgic prophet Bree Literal.
0: Bye, guys. Don't start or join a cult, please.
1: No, don't do that. (laughs) And our naked truth, uh, Nikki Hiller-Henderson.
2: And if you do join a cult, make sure it's a peaceful one.
1: Right, like this, like us. We mail Uh, each other (laughs) bathwater, we podcast.
0: We can have sex with whoever we want.
1: Right, I make you isolate every few weeks into a closet with your clothes off. That's it. That's all I ask. Exactly. Just every few weeks. It's... A
2: nice, peaceful call. Right.
1: You know? <laughs> so, speaking of which, join our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us. Catch us next time here on a call confessions.